to get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, she was the bait in thousands of online catfish scams. But who is the woman whose stolen images helped break the hearts and break the banks of so many? We'll review the podcast, Love, Janessa. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of Cozy Mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hey, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, this is Thursday's podcast. It is. What's coming up on next week's show? Uh, well, on Monday, uh, we're going to be talking about the no good, terribly kind, wonderful lives and tragic deaths of Barry and Honey Sherman. That's the name of the podcast. We actually recorded that live last night on Patreon. Tell you more about it in the uh, the business section. But even if you missed it uh, and you're a patron, you go back. You can watch the video replay. And that's hosted by Kathleen Goldhar, right? Yes, yes, from uh, Do You Know Mordecai. Which was one of my favorite podcasts of a couple of years ago. All right, well, let's not give it all away. Okay, well, I have them because of the time, I'm the space-time continuum. Looking forward to listening to that one. (laughs) Okay, well, I think we should just go ahead and talk about the podcast we're going to be reviewing this episode. What do you think, Kevin? Well, I think that's what we came here for. All right, so let's let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and drop that first clip right now. I'm not really happy about sending $50,000 to Africa to buy a car. Her. Honey, trust me as your wife as I won't disappoint you because I love you so much. Thousands of love-struck men around the world were fooled by untold scammers whose cons all had the same thing in common. They all used stolen images of the same woman, a one-time model and cam girl known as Janessa Brazil. But if you search the name Janessa Brazil, millions of results come back. And Simon discovered that the internet is filled with angry men who'd been taken in by images of Janessa. Heartbroken men and serious journalists all searched for the real Janessa, only to be fooled by more imposters. But where is the woman whose face drew the victims in? Was she just unwitting bait used by others for their crimes? Or was she part of the swindle? Caring and kindness, you win their hearts, you win their wallets. And the rest is history. From CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service comes Love, Janessa. Host Hannah Ajala tracks down con artists in West Africa, victims in Europe, and a woman in the U.S. believed to be the face that launched a thousand scams. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Love, Janessa. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So, Laura, you get scam stuff on Instagram, I hear. Um, yeah, don't we all? I love yes. it when I get scam stuff on. Yeah. So a man like, in a military uniform. Yes. And he's like, 
I am with Doctors Without Borders. My <laughs> wife has died. I'm in Afghanistan. <laughs> I love your profile. I've been reading your profile. It's very hot. Do you ever do the reverse image search and it's like some guy with a modeling agency? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and I get these things. And I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, this is kind of flattering. I'm like, no, this is kind of creepy. And this isn't a real person. So, but I get them like, it goes in spits and fells. Sometimes I get more of them than other times. So I think for me going into this, Having had that sort of, I mean, and, and we've all had anybody that's on social media, I get it. I feel like I get it more on Instagram than I do on Facebook. I used to get it more on Facebook. Now I get it more on Instagram. But if any of us that have had that experience going into this podcast to be like, well, here's the picture of single widow man in Afghanistan. And does he really exist? Like that to me is something I want to know. So that's why I want to keep listening to this podcast. I have to say I was getting... Um, a bunch of requests about a year ago and I, I showed them to Kevin and they all came with the same photo of this like silver fox, like 50 something dude. There's, and I knew it was fake because all the different profiles are the same photo. And I was like, well, if this dude were real, 100% and I was single, 100%, I would date him, but it wasn't. And I just became so fascinated with the dude. Remember I reversed image searched him and I found his whole modeling profile and whatever. And then I, when I reversed image, image I know nothing him, about this. I showed it to you and I realized he is everywhere all over the internet and all other people have reversed image. He's the male him. Janessa. He's sort of the male Janessa for ladies my age. But then I also get tons of friend requests from dudes in military uniforms, like silver yes. foxes in uniform. Mm -hmm. Why do they think that we want that? Like why? We she think? explains it in the whole in the. I know, podcast. but had a PhD explain it. I understand that they think we want that because it's a good excuse for them to not be available. But why do they think we want that? Like, why would we want somebody who's never available to date? It's just very because they're wholesome, I guess. I don't know. It's just very interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Toby? Because this podcast does have many elements that are like. I mean, it's a very international podcast, and there's just like a lot there. I think you know, to sort of stuff into a few episodes of audio, right? Yeah. So on, on paper, you know, you've got this, this woman whose image is so intriguing that basically everybody's using her to try and get money out of, out of men. You've got a, a Ghanaian like sort of gang culture that has connections to voodoo spiritualism You've got this British journalist who, in looking into these sort of catfishing schemes, himself gets kind of catfished. So it's got all these like elements that are there. I, I don't know if they're all weighed the way that that maybe they could have been, but um, you know, on paper, it looks pretty interesting. I agree. I think you know some of the things that maybe don't get fleshed out enough. We get this little glimpse of like these giant piles of phone and computer parts. And they're like, that's how they get your data. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about. It. And then, then we go to these computer shops and like, people are buying computers. But like there's a lot of stuff like that, like the sort of tech aspects of other ways that scams happen that like we don't get a ton into. But the parts that we do get about that side of the business are somewhat interesting. Right. And we meet some of these guys who are doing some of these scams. Yeah, you know, I, I actually perked up at that point in the in the series. I think this is episode three where we we get to go to West Africa. It's funny because I'm at, at the beginning. I'm trying to figure out what's going to elevate this from the garden variety scam podcast that we've heard, and sort of the hook is kind of intriguing. You've got this one woman who apparently everybody uses the images, and so who is she? How did this happen? 
And, and you immediately looked up her image, didn't you? Well, I was in the car. <laughs> so I had to pull over. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I might have waited until later. You were curious, I'm I, sure. Of course, of course. But, you know, a lot of this, you know, sort of search is done digitally, except for when we get to this this uh, episode where we go to uh, West Africa. It's, it kind of reminds me of like in Scam Likely and maybe to a much lesser extent, I'm not a monster. You go to this far-flung place to find the bad guys. <sighs> what a lovely start. Hello, Ludwig. <laughs> so, Ludwig, Hello. I think I feel like by the end of this week we're gonna be like besties. Yeah, you're... We, we're starting to be besties already. Yes. So, tonally, this episode is very different from the rest of the city, the series. But you know, meeting the boys, as they're called, what is it? What's the kind Sakawi of boy? boys? The Sakawi boys. You know, that's not usually something we get in these kinds of podcasts unless you do the thing and you actually go to the bad guy place. I felt like Laura when she was talking to the Sakawi boys that like, especially the first one she talks to, he speaks very softly. He does this and she's like, are you going to do this forever? And he's like, no, I'm going to stop. But I'm like, how do you know that anything this person is saying is true? It's like, I'm going to stop. Now let me check that in my spreadsheet when I talk to the lady <laughs> from the podcast. So I can keep my story straight when I talk to her again. That's a very good point. He literally just told her about his entire method of how he lies to hundreds of women at a time. And then it's like, but I'm wearing a wedding ring and I have my my wife and children. So someday I need to stop. And it does feel like sometimes Hannah is like, um, there are moments in the podcast where I'm like, you're paying attention, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely you're paying attention to what's going on here. But that's kind of like what happened with, I think his name is Simon, the yeah. journalist here in the beginning. Jesus, Simon. He what the he's fuck, got, Simon? He like, thinks are you he's got, kidding me, Simon? He like, thinks he's got dude. this great story, right? It's, it's all about this woman. and But it's like, how come you're not catching on a little sooner, Simon, that you are being played? Because it's all about a woman who apparently is, you know, all these imposters playing this woman. And suddenly you think when she's like in Canada and needs money and won't, you know, won't pick up your call like, oh, this must be the real Janessa. It's like this is what, you know, you're literally replaying the gag. Yeah. <laughs> La, what did you think? It's like you're handling snakes and you're surprised you get bit by one. I know. Well, Laura, <laughs> what did you think about Simon? It sounds like you had a reaction to his uh, actions here. Well, no, I mean, I just felt like it's it's hard. You're going in, you know, he's going into this thinking he's getting a story, but then he gets sucked in. And I think, you know, when you listen to this, you're like, how are these people all getting sucked in? Like, I would never get sucked in. And then this guy, who should know better, gets sucked in. And you're like, oh, Okay, but I think the takeaway from that for me on the others, I mean, and obviously we have Roberto. Which oh, I think, Roberto. Yeah. I want to hear Toby's thoughts on Roberto. But yeah, so we have Simon, we have Roberto. I mean, this sort of harkens back a little bit in a way to like the Sweet Bobby podcast, which was a catfishing podcast. But that was really more, I felt like targeted specifically at like one person. And this is like equal opportunity catfishing. Like everybody is on the lineup to be catfished in this. What I take away from that is listening to people that I think, oh, I can identify with this person. They're in a similar career to me. And the next thing I know, they're getting sucked into this web of like, oh, but now I feel bad for this person. I'm like, it's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real person. 
This is Janissa, your wife, here in Ghana, due to my terrible situation on my surgery operation. And I'm like, what happened to you? No! <laughs> Am I right? Like, didn't you feel like screaming at these people? Well, look, only because we know it's a machine. Go ahead, Toby. Well, just Toby, I feel like we are meant to be together, <laughs> you and I. I love looking in your eyes. Send money. Yeah. We're we're married now. Via Ghana. Um, <laughs> we are married now. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that I've learned in doing this podcast for eight or nine years or whatever it is at this point, is that people are much more gullible than they think they are. I think, you know, ourselves included. And scammers are good at being scammers. Yeah. And so whenever I hear these things, my initial reaction is like, what the fuck? Like, this guy's literally like dealing with scammers, like why doesn't he have his, his sensors up a little bit more, but you know, professional scammers, you know, they make that money for a reason. And I think what's, what's interesting is, is Janessa has a lot of insight on that stuff at the end, even though she's not part of the scams because she works sort of a legitimate side of sort of the same type of thing, which is sort of selling this, I guess, fantasy of, of intimacy with somebody who you never actually meet. So she's, she's using sort of similar stuff, but she's not using it maliciously. I, I, I guess I just, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, what a fucking idiot. But now I just think it's, it seems like it's just human nature that people who are good at, at these kinds of things, you know, they know the right buttons to push and it's not going to work on everybody but on the population at large, you're going to be able to get people. And we've certainly like seen people in much like more bizarre situations. Like your roommate is an IRA agent. And so we have to go on the run for 10 years and yeah. all this stuff. So anyway, I kind of, I, I kind of felt sorry for him. And I'm also kind of, it's, it's interesting that he's willing to go on and tell that story because Again, I mean, he's a journalist and he and he's kind of sort of outing himself a little bit for being played as a sucker as he looked into why other people were played as suckers. Yeah, because he started as a place where he knew he was being played. I mean, he started like thinking it was a real person, but then he knew he was being played. And he was going to investigate it and then he got played, which was interesting. I mean, one of the things that's interesting to me is when we go to Ghana, we learn all about this being a real business in Ghana. Right, Kevin? Are you trying to set me up to transition into the business I section? I was, but it doesn't seem like you're picking up when I'm laying down. Well, you wrote something down. I wrote biz. It looks like breadcrumbs. Which is the thing I, well, that's because I wanted it you It looks to, like B12. Do you need a vitamin? No, it says B-I-Z. Oh, man. Well, I guess this means that we're between the business section. Yeah, usually you're right. in charge of that transition. Sorry I had to feed it to you oh, like that. Well, I just, I wasn't expecting it. it <laughs> Surprise! Uh, right now on our Patreon at patreon.com slash partners in crime media, you can listen to more than 330 exclusive podcasts. They include the Crime Writers on After Show, uh, Leave It to Bricker, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. If uh, you were a patron, then you hopefully you joined us last night and did our live recording of uh, next Monday's podcast. So you get to see us, you know, make our mistakes and pick our noses and uh, argue with one another. The things that don't make it into the actual podcast. You pick your nose when we're doing this? I know, I do. 
No, you don't. Oh, yeah. Just like Janessa does when she's on that webcam. No, she's she like, doesn't. Yeah. She's like, look at everybody. <laughs> she's too busy breadcrumbing to pick her nose. Is that know? what you call it? That's my new favorite expression. Bread yeah, crumbing. that's a good expression. I love I it. Actually, I could really relate to that. I love it. We'll talk about that. Kevin, I'm breadcrumbing you right now. Giving you a little bit, then taking it away. Oh, wow. That's... Making you want more. Well, if you want more of us, you should check out Married with Podcast on Patreon. That's the podcast in which we, a married couple, yep. give advice on things like relationships. Kids. And, uh, and parents yeah. who want to. I, this is one of the questions we. Uh, we Love this one. It's about uh, a mother who might be an over-exuberant dancer. Yes. And what should she do at the wedding? And maybe the idea is to Tone dial it, it back. Dial it back. You don't have to do the Elaine from Seinfeld dance thing. With the thumbs. The thumbs, yeah. Bad. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter. Go to crimewriterson.com. Put in your email address. Comes out every Thursday, so later in the afternoon, you're going to get a, an email that's going to give you stuff like recaps of our reviews, Crime Writers On Behind the Scenes, Cat of the Week, uh, Tweet of the Week. New merch. New merch. And we've got a great new t-shirt. It's a quote. It's another one of our quotes. You, you know, we have, um, I enjoy a few among subcultures. Yep. We've got, uh, it's uh, Dirty John, Not Stupid Deborah. Yeah. That's a quote. Uh, we have I Learned That in Cat Detective School. Yes. And now the biggest quote of all, your, your podcast, podcast sucks. sucks. There we go. <laughs> a quote that I came up with while on vacation, while listening to someone's podcast and thinking, wow, your podcast sucks. Sucks. All right. <laughs> all right, Kevin, before we wrap up the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Lauren Hanley. And Jill Pagano, bless you. Bless you, Lauren and Jill. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for everybody who does. And really consider going back there. I mean, there's some cool people back there. I think that, like, wasn't the Gilbert from Bone Valley a patron now? No, sure. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Freeling. And, Bob Coker. Uh, Carol Baskin. I mean, yeah. I got all some really great there's people some good, back. You join the family. Join the family. I don't mean to leverage our best patrons, but, like. Seriously, Bill yeah. Rankin's a patron for God's sake. Patrick Hines oh. is always like wanting more of our Married with Podcast. Yes, I think we should make more Married with Podcast. Let's do it. All right. All right, join Patreon. Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. We can do it if you fade this music out. We get back to Go ahead and fade the music right. out right now. Okay, so Toby, before I was awkwardly trying to transition into the business section with Kevin, I did actually want to talk about our trip to Ghana where we did hear about the business industrial complex of these catfishing scams, right? And we hear about this in other, you know, subcultures of scamming, of drug dealing, of sex work, of, you know, different places where there's an economy, like a sub-economy where things are happening that may be illegal in other parts of the world or whatever. Where it's just like, this is what we do. This is how you make money here. This, like, we heard this in the Indian, you know, calling podcast that we were, you know, the, the call center right. podcast. Scam likely. History, right. So it's like, this is how we make money here. This is what we do. And then there's this one guy who even says, this is reparations. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is this. So what do you think when you go to a place and it's like, there's a whole economy built on this? And not only that, but we hear with these people doing this. They're sort of unlike the, in the call center culture where these these are considered scams because there's all these legitimate call centers. These guys are sort of held up as sort of like cool, like they're actually sort of not seen as people to look down on, but they're kind of revered in their communities. 
Yeah, I mean they they seem yeah they seem like they're like celebrities or like rappers or so. I I mean I don't know exactly what the thing is, but they they do have social capital. I, I wish they'd spent more time in Ghana. Quite honestly, I thought that was sort of the the most interesting parts of the podcast. We're hearing about that. I could have certainly what are they called the Sakawi boys? Yep. I could have learned a lot more about the Sakawi boys. I, I thought that was as you said. It's, this is very interesting culture. They kind of hint at the fact that there's some sort of connection to uh, spirituality and sort of, you know, I guess voodoo religion, but they kind of l- let it drop there. Like it's it's just kind of like a little bit of color. And then again, as you were saying, this idea that there's these mountains of of old computer parts and electronic stuff and that they're selling hard drives for like 10 or $20. And so you can, if you can access the data that's on there, I guess that kind of helps in, in some of their scams. So anyway, I, I just thought that that part to me was the strongest part of it. And I kind of wish they'd spent more time there and, and sort of shown a light on it a little bit more because I found that like more compelling than talking to Bubba the Love Sponge for an entire episode. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I could have t- 10 minutes would have been fine with that guy. But yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought again, like I thought that was good. That was the part of the podcast that I really kind of connected with. And then the other stuff was a little more uneven. You know, I agree with the length of time that we listened to Bubba the Love Sponge. Mm-hmm. I did think it was cool that they had how they found Janessa was through Bubba the Love Sponge. Because part of me, I mean, I, I didn't Google this. I didn't really, you know, I didn't do any like sleuthing. Part of me, when they said that Janessa disappeared from the internet in 2016, I'll be honest, my first thought was like, maybe Janessa died of like an opioid overdose. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, there's there's so many things that could have happened. And I don't mean to be like super dark about it, but like a lot of things. She could have gone to jail. A lot of reasons why she would. A lot of things that happened. But honestly, that was the first thing that occurred to me. It was like, it could have been a lot of things. And like, just because that was sort of like when the opioid crisis was really like peaking. Um, it's still, it's still obviously peaking, but that was like, there was a wave of it at that point. That was like something that sort of occurred to me. And I was like, there could be a really dark ending to this podcast or something. And then it was like, and then I got this clip and it was fucking Bubba the Love Sponge. (laughs) I'm an offensive person. So you have to know that going into this, please. (laughs) I tell people, don't Google me. My name is Bubba the Love Sponge and don't Google me because it's not good. And I was like a, a lifelong sort of like Howard Stern stan, not above the love sponge stan. I certainly know who above the love above the love sponge is. Uh, and then it was like that the the preview the next step, like boop 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 boop. Hello, mm-hmm. I was like fucking a. They're gonna talk to fucking above the love sponge. That was a, like, I mean, it was a bridge interview, Lara. It was too long, it was. but. It, it was way too long. So I think this whole podcast was too long. I think this podcast could have been about four episodes and we could have received the same result. But I have never been more jealous of a podcast host than when Hannah said, and now I'm off to look for someone called Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> oh, I'm like, why can't I be looking for someone called Bubba the Love Sponge? He's not um, hard to find. He's not. He's really rich. But she made He's it really sound bold. like he was hard to find. She's yeah. like, I called all the numbers for Bubba the Love Sponge. I looked at him online and then boop, 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 I, I called the racetrack he owns. Yeah, the racetrack. Yeah, I think I think we did not need a whole episode. And so I, I definitely think we would have been good with like four episodes. We could have gotten the same amount of information. We could have had the like slip and 
in and out of Bubba the Love Sponge and heard enough about him. We did not need a whole episode. So, Kevin, it is interesting to me. I do like the parts where Hannah is just sort of clinically describing shock radio culture in the podcast <laughs> where she's just like, now tell me why your name is Bubba the Love Sponge. He's just like described in a very clinical way. And she's like, his studio has a play, has a shower in it. And he's like, I can't do that stuff anymore. And she's like, I'm not going to tell you what that stuff is. And then she describes Janessa being the Howard Stern show. And then she took off her clothes and she climbed onto a pummel horse. And I'm like, Anyone who's a Howard Stern show like knows what that is. I'm not going to get into it, but like that's it's not Sabian. Sibian. Sibian. It's like old, very old school uh, Howard Stern situation. But like that was the part I did enjoy her clinical translations of shock jock culture on the podcast because a lot of people don't know that. But it, I mean, it was long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have put together episodes four and five. But then they did find Janessa. Yes. And we did actually. And there's, there's that whole great scene in the bar. We're like, I was yeah. wearing a pink hat and then like a dude walks in with a pink hat. Yeah. And then it's like, they're like, oh, fuck, we just got scammed again. And then it's not an exaggeration to say that everyone looks up. All eyes are on the striking woman in the tight white jeans and stiletto heels. When she raises her face from under that pink hat and smiles, we've seen that face before. It's her without a doubt. And because she happens to know how to work her own tech, we have the best field tape of anybody we have in the podcast uh, with Janessa. Well, I think it's because of the field producers who are there. No, it's because of Janessa. I think it's her own field well, tape. She knows how to work her can. Wait a minute. The producers found her there. They went back to That's her apartment. True. Although so, Hannah's, yeah. Hannah's own uh, self-recorded tape is not nearly as good as Janessa's. Yeah, all right. Well, I think we're... <laughs> I think we've missed so the forest for the trees. So what do you think of the Janessa interview? Well, I thought it was really great. I thought that she was really interesting. And certainly I felt like, okay, worth the pursuit. This is what everyone wants to do. Go in your boss's office and be like, I'm quitting and not have a worry in the world because you're making triple of the money somewhere else in half of the time. If not to just sort of answer the question of who was this face and kind of what ha- what became of her, I think she's a very interesting person to chat with. I-, I would, you know, even if you don't have, you know, the background of her being an adult entertainer, if you didn't know that and you just kind of wanted to, you know, find out a little more about the path of her life, it was really good. I mean, I, I certainly found her more interesting than, say, Roberto. And that and I was kind of listening to the second episode like, oh, Okay, I know we have to kind of check the box of a victim, but why Roberto? And I, we get the payoff at the end. I was like, oh, they bring Roberto back, and now that like made sense to me. But okay, it didn't make sense to you. You no, can roll I your just eyes, feel like but, Roberto thinks it is. I think that Roberto thinks he's having a different interaction than everyone well, else I think, thinks. Roberto's yeah, well, having. Th- that might be a different <laughs> thing to explore in our our review here. But I thought that she was very self aware, well spoken, and you know was really kind of able to. You might not agree with everything that she has to say, but you can't deny that uh, she was uh, she was worth the pursuit. Toby, I was really surprised that there was no exploration uh, or contradiction or even just like looking into when Janessa just asserts that like she has no recourse for this. She's like, I have no recourse. Nobody will believe me. No one will do anything. There's not even any pursuit of that. Like, I can't imagine that there isn't some lawyer or like legal field or like internet scrubbing service or something that has done something for somebody in this situation ever 
I'm not saying Janessa would know that. I'm saying that the journalist who made this podcast, like, never even, like, insert any information there along those lines. Because, I, well, two two questions I have for Janessa. One is, do you pay taxes? <laughs> All that money that people are sending you. And second, when she says to her, like, have you ever tried to do any legal recourse here? Have you ever gone after people doing this? Have you ever tried to take your images down? And she's like, nobody would ever believe me. What could I possibly do? I was expecting to hear Hannah say, well, here's what she could maybe do, like what this other person did. Or I don't know. Did, did you find that like some some threads were just left out there to just like sit like the, in the way that I did? Yeah. I mean, I as far as that goes, it just seems like it's so pervasive that I don't know how you if it's being used that much. It's on people's hard drives and they're just, you know, recycling stuff that that that's it. I don't know how you would do it. But I also like. It would have been interesting to have a little bit of a context. I think I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, but she's certainly not the only face that's being used in these things. Um, so is there recourse? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I guess when the whole thing was done, I kind of felt like, I don't know if I have answers to, I don't even know exactly what questions I have, but I feel as though the things that are sort of interesting about this, not all of them have been answered for me or even looked at. And I wish I could be a little bit more articulate about what those were. Uh, But again, I think a lot of it was left in Africa because they didn't, she didn't go a little bit deeper or spend a little bit more time. Uh, Yeah. Toby, you know, they say me, what can you do? I mean, you can take salt out of salt water you can't take it out of the whole ocean, though. Right. Right. So I was actually like, every time someone would say, like, it's her fault for having the live the life she lived and did mm-hmm. the thing she did, I wanted to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, what does it matter with you? And yeah. Like, well, the only, the only, like, what, what, spin what, off I'd have from that. No, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm not, wait a minute. I'm not taking a, a side on this, but I, I am curious about one fact. Yes. They position this that these photos were stolen from her. Right. Isn't that okay? As opposed to, no, no, I'm just saying they were it, misappropriated. Miso- oh, yeah, I will give you that. I'll give you that. I'm not. This isn't a they judgment. Stone. She wasn't hacked. Let me say this isn't a judgment call. Right. But I am saying that if there's, it is one thing that if these were her private photos that they were being misappropriated, the, these were photos that were meant for public consumption, for commercial use that are being misappropriated by her. She certainly has suffered by the way they've been used and it really kind of ruined her, her business. Out. Yeah. I just don't know. Okay, it's I'm picking a nit here, but I don't know if you can say that these were stolen. From I don't her. think they said her photos were stolen. Her image was stolen. Her image is being misappropriated and used. Yeah, yeah. Her okay. Ima- so her image, her light, like her. So she her, wasn't. Pro- she was not getting royalties from her image correct, being used. Yeah. Right. They're not mm-hmm. saying that anything. Well, she was hacked or anything. But remember, right, right. people paid to go onto her cam sessions and then took like screen recordings sure. of her cam sessions and are using those to make money. So like a product that she made. I mean, she actually, I think, has a case to make that a product that she made, that's mm-hmm. her product. That it's was, her intellectual property. That was, moni- that yeah. was monetizable. Don't, don't at me. I'm, no, not, I'm, not. I'm not taking her down no, for it no. or trying to shame I, her I'm in not. any way. I'm just I, thinking. I would think if she had a case, it would be like, I have a monetizable product that's no longer monetizable because it's been ruined by all these people who yeah, have. But, uh, stole, who but have, this is the problem. The, you know, the problem that all these people face is what's, what's the recourse? Oh, absolutely. They have no recourse. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just want to talk about Roberto really briefly, Laura. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like Roberto was having a different conversation than everybody else thought he was having in that, in that Skype call or that Zoom call? I felt like... Which which one? In the, the beginning or the end? end? 
Oh, where he gets to finally meet Janessa. I, I, and he's like, I've been waiting for this moment for so very long. Yes. And you're like, you're like, but you haven't really been talking to her. But, you were but talking even to the dudes the and end, Donna. Even at the end when he seems to acknowledge that he knows that she's not the real person. I'm not 100% sure that in his mind, I mean, I don't want to judge Roberto. He seems lovely. I would consider moving to Sardinia to say hello to him or just going to visit. Sounds like a wonderful place. Sounds like he's got plenty of money and lives in a beautiful place and is very chill. However, I am not 100% sure that he's 100% sure that she's not the woman he's been talking to. Wait, Rebecca. You don't mean you are my happiness. I want to experience <laughs> true love in your presence. Let me just say this. Vanessa sounded really psyched to get off that phone call. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think what this shows us is, again, when I go back to like, who are the people? And I'm like, oh my God, would I get sucked in? I'm like, no, I delete those people. But I'm like, who are the people? And then I'm like, these are the people that are really looking for love. And they are in the crumb thing. They're, they're in on that. But they're so in their lives at a place where like love is what they, they, they need, what they want. And so they're so desperate that they, it's like they have blinders on to the point that when Roberto knows this is the person whose picture was used, but this is not the person you were talking to, but he's still in the mindset of like, oh my God, I'm finally meeting the woman of my dreams. And you're like, but she's not the woman of your dreams. She's never even like corresponded with you. So it's, I think that was actually kind of the perfect ending because it really kind of drove home that point that the people that are getting catfished by the images via the boys in Ghana in their, wherever they're sending their things from with their spreadsheets are really all in, in terms of their level of believability of what they're engaged in. And I think that that now that he's talking to her and he's seeing her, he's like, oh, oh, it's her. It's her. And and it's like, he can't break out of that. And I think that is why this podcast is so interesting to me is because even though you and I hear this isn't real, this is a scam, the people that are getting scammed, even when they're intelligent people, still can't seem to detach from that in a way that takes them away from being sucked into this fake world, if that makes sense. It does. I only have two questions remaining, though, which is, does Janessa pay taxes on her money that she gets from her (laughs) remaining clients? Those are gifts, Rebecca. They're gifts. And you still have to pay taxes on gifts. Uh, And did she ever get her air conditioner fixed? A lot of tension there for me. (laughs) Are you more like she was making a million dollars a year and now she's like, in an apartment if you're with making no a million dollars a year, you are spending a million dollars. Yeah, apparently a year. so. All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know should they check out the podcast? Love Janessa Larbricker. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for this podcast? I'm going to go thumbs up with this podcast. I think it could have been a few episodes shorter and still had the same impact. I think there were some episodes that were way too long for what they were. But overall, I thought this was super interesting because, like the rest of us, I have gotten those like friend requests and people that then somehow comment on my posts that I'm not friends with who are like, I'm really into you. And then you look at their picture like, ooh, they're really good looking. But in fact, they're not real people. And, and what, what kind I of thought- life are you living, Laura Bricker? <laughs> Kevin, I get them too. Oh my God. I, just, I get them all the time. All the time. I don't get them because the I have a thing. 
I get them all the time. And so I think what's so interesting about this is like, you're thinking like, oh, this is like a real person who's just like scamming all these people. No, this is actually somebody else scamming all these people using somebody else's image. And I think the concept of finding out whose image that is and where they are and what they know about the situation was really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, this was a thumbs up. It was something kept me company this week on the first week of spring as I upped my walking from two to three to four miles because I just kept walking and walking and walking this week. And, you know, I think um, definitely shed light into how these sort of situations and these scams go on behind the scenes. Toya Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Love, Janessa? Yeah, so I, I guess I'm a, a mild thumbs up. It's a little uneven. I found a couple of the episodes, they, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say they, they go to Africa, they go to Ghana at one point, and I, I, I thought that was a really strong episode. You know, it's, it's an interesting idea that, that there's this one sort of image of, of this one woman, which is so compelling to people that they start sending money to these scammers. So I, yeah, I, it was, it was pretty good, but again, uneven. So it's, it's a mild thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. I'm thumbs up. I'm trying to imagine how this episode would have been in like season two of Starly Kind's mystery show, Hmm. right? The concept is who is this woman? And that, Somebody has to hold the record, I guess, for the image uh, most purloined for cyber crimes and stuff like that. Superlative. Yeah. And so to, and so to just kind of like, all right, let's go and try to find out where she is and who is she and the, the you know, the, the journey along the way. A lot of it is sort of cyber sleuthing. And so we do get that one uh, trip to West Africa where we kind of find out a little more about the scam business. But ultimately, it's, you know, can we find uh, Janessa? Who is she really? And is she part of anything nefarious going on? So I I, uh, I enjoyed the journey. I'm a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm giving it a thumbs up, too. I will say I do think this podcast could have benefited from like some stronger editing. It could have been tighter. Um, it could have been more suspenseful. It could have taken. Do you mean when people's like Zoom calls drop out? That's not enough suspense for you. Oh, my God. It could have taken some deeper dives into some real questions that I had along the way. And then when it did take dives into things, I don't not 100 percent sure it asked like the questions I really wanted to know the answers to. And the order of things, I'm just not sure that I would have put it in the order I would have put it in. That being said, the stuff I learned was great. Like, you know, for instance, um, this is not a spoiler alert. One question I have is how are deep fakes going to influence this scamming business, right? Because we're right there right now. We're like a very close to being able to take an image like Janessa's and having somebody do a video call mm-hmm. as a deep fake with Janessa. And that's not something we touched at all in this podcast. You know, there's a, just like there were there was just so, we we're so close to so many conversations like that and just never went there in the podcast. And um I, I do feel like just with a tighter edit that sort of went a little deeper into conversations with people. And it was like one of the things that was lacking was it was lacking sort of some sort of third party expert voices, which I don't always want in podcasts. But in this podcast, I found myself wanting somebody who knows about technology, you know, somebody who maybe knows a little bit about the criminality of this, whether or not there is any recourse, that kind of thing. And that to me was was missing somebody who sort of knows about how the networks work. So there was missing pieces. 
There could have been some tighter editing. That being said, what was here was interesting and it did go somewhere. So I can't give it a thumbs down and I did enjoy it. So thumbs up for me generally for love, Janessa. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Lara Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? Oh, yes. So one of our listeners sent in, I thought this was super fun, a bulletin board. We have nice cat of the week. Elijah has opened up and showed the staff how much he loves belly rubs. This is like at a rescue. Naughty cat of the week. Popsicle. Stole treats from Daniel, his blind roommate. Ooh. So those are our two cats of the week. Do you have to choose? Well, I'm going to vote for Elijah because, but if we're on a crime podcast, I think Popsicle stealing things from the blind cat might sort of like take it out there. But it's like having the devil and the angel on your shoulders in the cat of the week this week. I just want to tell you, Laura Bricker, I just showed Kevin a catfisher. Thomas Erickson works at United (laughs) Nation. It's United a, Nation. Huh? It's a silver fox man in a doctor's outfit with a stethoscope. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, get those, I get those all the time. And they're like, and then they're like, I love Jesus. Studied like, at Downey Unified School District from Houston, Texas. Started at United <laughs> Nation in 2018 with no other information. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm like, do you really love Jesus? But I, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Laura Bricker, folks want to reach out to you to send you information about their pets to be Cat of the Week. Of course, they can email us at crimewritersongmail.com. They can put it on our Facebook group. But if they want to reach out to you on social media, how can they find you there? They can find me at Laura Bricker. And Toya Ball, folks want to send you their catfishing profiles to try to lure you in, of course. You know, you not want that. But if they just want to say hi to you on social media, like Twitter, how can they find you there? At Toby Ball and H. Kevin Flynn, how about you? How can you be catfished? I'm <laughs> catfish me <laughs> at Kevin P. Flynn. Listen, you can send me your uh, Roberto in Sardinia. You can totally hit me up at Reb Lavoie on Twitter. I would love to see your organic farm. I'd love to see your giant hat. I mean, I'm not going to come to Sardinia, nor am I going to Zoom with you, but I really just want to see the vibe. I hear it's really interesting. And if you are a fake doctor or military serviceman, you can also hit me up on Twitter at Reb Lavoie. I'm 100% not going to fall for it, but I will show it to all my friends and laugh at you. It's at Reb Lavoie. I will take boob shots, by the way, just... I, I don't want any. I don't want any uh, question about it. Yes, I will take sh- pictures of your boobs. Really? Oh, yeah, sure. Wow. Why? All right. Who doesn't love a good boob? That's what I'm saying. All right. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On, and I encourage you to join our incredible community, which is not misogynistic in any way. I swear, <laughs> despite what you just heard on the show. All right, I'll take your ball shot too. Okay, yes, thank yeah. you. We were equal opportunity. And our official Crime Writers on Facebook discussion group, except no one likes to look at balls. We also have a regular old Facebook page, by the way. Toby seems offended. Nope. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. He knows what I mean. You'll get the Crime Writers on After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcast. Now it looks like a prune. Stop it. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the wonderful Livy Burdett. The executive producer is Kevin Flynn, who I hear sat in some gum. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, the closet in our New Hampshire basement where I broadcast weekly with my partner, Kevin, the love sponge. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. 
We'll catch you later. Later. We learn all about this being a real business in Ghana, right, Kevin? Yeah. I don't have anything more to say about I no. want you to fucking transition to the business section. Oh, fuck Jesus me. Christ. Right. I didn't even pick that the up. business. Say it again. Oh, piss. Partners in Crime Media. Media.